so our big project, our mission, if you like, is to work with those students, including the primary, secondary kids, as well as further education and higher education. They're going to have the opportunity to design, create, manufacture, fabricate, and launch satellites into space. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Law Blacks One to One podcast. My name's Chris Allen and I'm the managing partner of Black Solicitors. Uh, as you may know, we are a law firm based in Leeds, West Yorkshire. I've worked in West Yorkshire for over 30 years and during that time I've met plenty of interesting people in both the business world and the sports world. I'm looking forward to catching up with some more of those people in the near future to share with you their stories, some anecdotes and even to share some of their advice. I hope you find these interviews interesting, engaging and even educational. If you do enjoy the podcast, then please give it a positive review. Tell all your friends, bring it up in the pub. Uh, and if you don't, then uh, don't bother posting anything negative. So today's guest is Tim Rogers. Tim is the Chief Executive Officer. Congratulations on that promotion, Tim. Thanks. Of Future Transformation, a social enterprise based in Keithley, West Yorkshire. I want to speak to Tim today about a number of things. First of all, about what is a social enterprise, um, but perhaps more importantly, uh, and don't take that the wrong way, Tim, uh, about a topic that he raised with me not that long ago about the possibilities of a satellite project um, being generated in the Keithley area. And so, Tim, welcome to the podcast, and uh, the floor is yours. So tell me about social enterprise, tell me about future transformation and tell me about that satellite you're trying to get into the sky okay well hello and thanks for having me so a social enterprise if we start there is the legal term for a business that is a not-for-profit so in our case our structure on company's house is a community interest company a cic so we're a limited business but we're limited by guarantee as opposed to shares and we have mechanisms within that structure that allow things like asset locks, asset transfers, and lots of other stuff, and a lot of governance stuff, which gives us that not-for-profit tag. So that opens us up to grant funding, a bit like a charity could do. We can do fundraising and things like that, similar to a charity. But we're also geared as well to be working closely with the private sector and that's in the form of partnership, sponsorship, sales, whatever it might be, like any limited company would do. With, with a major focus on tech. This is a, right. a tech business. So Future Transformation is a tech business. So Future Transformation started a couple of years ago in 2020 in the horrible years of uh, coronavirus and, and lockdowns and all that stuff. And we are there to provide for the workforce of the future. So we're focused on skills, and we do that through outreach and innovation programs and activities. So we have times in the calendar throughout the year that are high activity. So coming up to October, October, Bradford Skills Month. So that's got Bradford Manufacturing Weeks, the first two weeks of October, which is run by our good friends at Chamber of Commerce. Bradford Tech Week, which is a thing that myself and a chap called Mark Cowgill from XN Networks created. Um, three years ago, and then the Science Festival, which is obviously run from the Science Museum in Bradford. 
Now we've come together to create Bradford Skills Month. So that's providing skills, programs, activities, workshops, the full lot um, to students in Bradford. So there's roughly, rough numbers, about 100,000 students in Bradford. So those are people who are classed as being in full-time education. Um, and that's the, <coughs> that's the audience. That's where we go to. Are you talking 16 years plus there? or No, no, no. So we have programmes that are aimed at primary school, secondary school, further education, colleges, um, higher education universities. Specifically, well, in Bradford as a focus, but wider than that, you know, regionally, and certainly within the LCR Leeds City region, West Yorkshire. Um, so we, so we, we this, high, this condensed activity in October is designed for Bradford students. So we're, we're full out there. We've got loads of stuff happening there. Um, we've seen real red flags, actually, in, in skills in Bradford, so, and it's reflected across the country, particularly around um, young women and girls that aren't choosing STEM-based subjects uh, for GCSEs. So we see 10% or less of those people choosing those subjects. That reflects itself in those choices that you then make once you've done your GCSEs. So A-levels, T-levels, apprenticeships, whatever route, whatever pathways you go down. And all the time, the choice of STEM and tech is getting less and less and less and less and less. So when that works its way to the labour market and they become workers or they become entrepreneurs or what have you, if you're cutting off half your population, so what you're saying there is you're getting rid of half of the people who think differently, different experiences, different views, different ideas, you're stopping that innovation, you're stopping that creativity, which is really bad for any economy, but particularly bad in the tech sector and more so in the space sector. So that's a lovely bridge, as they say on these sorts of things, to, to this space project. So again, I'm trying to bridge myself. How, how have you got involved in a project to get a satellite launched? So just tell us about that project. Yeah. So our big project, our mission, if you like, is to work with those students, including the primary, secondary kids, as well as further education and higher education. They're going to have the opportunity to design, create, manufacture, fabricate, and launch satellites into space. So our first launch is going to be in 2025, which is a real key year for Bradford because it's going to be the capital culture year. Um, now... Our satellite is going to be monitoring gases and temperature in the atmosphere of Earth in something called LEO, which is low Earth orbit, roughly 200, 250 miles above our heads, which is where the most traffic is. So it's going to be a mission that's going to run for about three months. Um, it's unpowered as a craft. So the satellite doesn't have an engine or anything like that. So it's on an orbit trajectory with a natural decline. There's, we, if you want, we can go into the physics and mathematics of it and we can start drawing on the walls and stuff. Um, but in that three months, all that data, all those outputs it's going to get are going to be free to the world. right? So if you're a researcher, you can use it. If you're a business, you can use it. If you're a teacher, you can use it. Or, or parents are just interested or what have you. So that's real-time data that is accessible to anybody, as long as you've got an internet connection and you can get online. But it isn't as easy as just throwing some components together, putting them on a rocket and launching them into space. 
So we have to go through different processes. And the first process is to get a license. Now there's different parts of a license, but we're going for the whole license. So that covers launch. So that's physically getting it up into the into orbit. It covers communication. So being able to talk to the satellite and it being able to talk to you. So getting those outputs off it. Um, and it covers its decline. So how it's, it's environmental impact. So you don't want to just leave something in orbit and it becomes rubbish because it's not functioning anymore. Similarly, you don't want it crashing into a city or you know town. Absolutely. So we've got to be we've got to be right on those three big key areas. Once you can prove that, um, you get your license. So we should have our license this month, September. Um, we should have our license this month. That then puts us into our um, build phase or design to build phase. The design's pretty much there with a few more inputs available. Then into a build. So we'll do that probably from November this year all the way through next year. Then in 2024, we go through a testing phase. And then assuming all those are green lights and we've passed all that stuff, 2025, off she goes. This podcast is, needless to say, sponsored by Black Solicitors. Black's is a law firm based in Leeds, and we provide a range of commercial, property and private client services to clients throughout the United Kingdom. Obviously, I'd love you to enjoy this podcast and then use our services on any legal issues you have going forward. If you visit lawblacks.com, you'll see the kind words that existing clients have had to say about the services we provide. Now, back to the podcast. So somebody to listen to this might be as surprised as I was, and don't, please don't take any of this the wrong way, mm-hmm. but you are, without a shadow of doubt, the first person I've ever spoken to from our neck of the woods, mm-hmm. i.e. up the Air Valley, mm-hmm. who has mentioned the fact that the, he's got an interest uh, in putting a satellite into space. So other people listening to this might say, A, as I did, that's incredible. Uh, B, what can I do to help you? And is there anything I can do to help you? And what's in it you know what's it without sounding cynical what's in it for for you tim rogers what's in it for future transformation what's in it for the local region yeah so throughout time um or since as a species we've had the technology capability and attitude to explore space it's been state-owned so you think of america and russia probably as the biggest examples of that And that's long been the case up until about 20 years ago. And whatever you might think of him, some people see him as a hero, some people see him as a Bond villain and everything in between. Elon Musk was a real disruptor. So when he created SpaceX and he said, well, we can create these rockets, we can make them sustainable so they don't, you don't just throw them away, you can reuse them. That reduces the cost, makes space more accessible. And it's worked. so we'll leave Elon Musk to one side, but it, it, he has he has really changed the market. And now you see um, Amazon with their Blue Origin craft that are in it and loads and loads of others. So our rocket partner is a company called Rocket Lab, which is a New Zealand US business. But because I think nobody's ever really spoke about satellites in space from 
away from is because it was closed off to them. You couldn't do it um, unless you worked for a government agency, one of the big ones, which you have to be a national of the United States or Russia or whatever. But what we've also seen at the same time is the European Space Agency has really catapulted itself along and it's grown and that is a big serious player. Um, and all these different things that are happening, we've seen it in other places as well, but all these things that are happening are reducing the costs, making it more accessible so you can get into space. We see more launches than ever before. And now, so on Monday, uh, last Monday, NASA made an attempt to launch its SLS, its space launch system, to the moon mm. as, as part of that project. Fortunately, it didn't happen um, through some fault with one of the engines. But that should happen on Saturday, this coming Saturday. Um, so look, they're, they're committed to going back to the moon. More than that, they're committed to having a base, which is a launch pad for Mars. Elon Musk is committed to putting a city on Mars. All of this stuff. So what I'm trying to say is that we're entering a new golden age, a new space race, but this time it's a leveller. So on that basis, it isn't that ridiculous, and I'm slightly ashamed I raised my eyebrows when you first mentioned it, it isn't actually that crazy that you are doing your project. Because, like all things, as, as, as the motor car developed and everybody got one, you know, when the first ones came out, people used to walk in front of them with a flag, didn't they? You know, um, I don't remember those do days. No, no, <laughs> I, even I don't. But, you know, this is natural progression, really. I suppose it's not beyond comprehension, of course, that we are going to look to colonise planets and moons, etc., etc. And this is the next step. So, but what's in it? You know, I mean, obviously the information you get back from that is really useful. And many people would say, well, that's really good of you to do that, Tim, mm -hmm. blimey. Uh, you know, if I was doing a, a PhD on that topic, I'd love you. But but what else is in it for you other than it's very interesting, perhaps you're passionate about this subject? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you've got that. Um, the, the passion is the thing that drives it. That's true with any business. You know that. Um, and, and, and people listening all know that. If you don't love what you do and you're not passionate for it, it, it won't work so of course there's that but it's more than that and for me it's it's about education and skills so I value personally I value education above anything else I think that is the way that you get yourselves longer term out of poverty uh, you make you grow an economy uh, you improve health you improve access to food to resources to uh, you 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 create a society that's more wealth creating um, and and more prosperous and other values come in line with it. Now we'll have seen the GCC results of last week and there is a huge gap. There always has been for a long time, but it's growing even more in attainment. So in what students are actually achieving at school within this uh, system. So in that grading system, the ones that are getting the good grades and the ones that aren't. And, and there's more and more students now are getting better grades in, in London and the southeast of this country than they are anywhere else. And Yorkshire and the Humber is really lagging behind. And that's for a lot of factors. So obviously you think about deprivation. So if you're cold, you're hungry, and obviously with, with the cost of living crisis that's coming and those rising prices, when we get into winter, it'll be harder to uh, focus at school. Um, the school itself might not be able to fulfill the heating bills and things. 
all these sorts of stuff. So deprivation is a, is a key thing. Health is another. So try and find an NHS dentist. You know, that's like being a lottery winner now. So if you've got toothache and you can't afford it, you're living with pain and trying to learn and study with pain. Food is another thing. So, you know, when if, if you change the access or the rules around things like free school meals, which we saw and, until Marcus Rashford shamed the government into reversing its decision, they could flip that at any moment. Again, though, um, you, you, if you're hungry, you can't focus, you can't concentrate. We know that. That's proven beyond any and all reasonable doubt. So we've got big, huge, and a lot more, we've got big, huge societal problems. And we need to close these gaps. And there's lots of people working in lots of different ways to do that. Uh, I see businesses doing it through increased apprenticeships uh, and maybe lowering the expectation of achievement in, in GCCs or A-levels or whatever, uh, and giving people more of a go, more of a chance, more of a start. That's got to continue, and I, I applaud that, and it does well. And I think laws led the way with that, really. So mm. when I uh, finished school... I, I don't think law apprentices existed, whereas now it's, it's common, isn't it? Absolutely. So, There's an interesting statistic this year. We've had more, we as a firm have had more applications for apprenticeships than we've had for trainee, to be trainee solicitors, wow. which is the first time ever. Um, and I, I suppose you wouldn't be alone with that across no. the country, would you? No. Um, so, you know, things like that, that's, so that then instills more confidence, more belief, raises aspirations for people because, you know, who wouldn't want to work at a law firm, um, and particularly and particularly blacks? Yeah. So it's so all this sort of stuff is important. It plays a part, but we've got to be we've got to have the right skills. I was going to say better skills, but that's not the case. That, that's the wrong language to use. It's the right skills. So we know now that people listening here, you know, they're not in this room. They're going to listen to it online. Mm-hmm. So tech basically people work online so some people might work from home more than they used to um, but even if you do come into an office they've all got computers so tech you know i talk to businesses um, in california uh, a lot so we've got a few different partner companies in san francisco um, and rocket lab are based in long beach but i don't go to california every week we do it over zoom you know so the the whole job market, there's going to be more in AI, there's going to be more developers, we've got the next evolution of the internet, sometimes called Web3, um, and all of, loads and loads of stuff that sits behind that and the sports stuff. But then you've got digital marketeers, finance role, admin roles, sales roles. So there's something for everybody. So, so is your driver to ensure that this region has more people interested and qualified in tech if i use that as a, mm-hmm. as a broad brush because that's essentially the future and we just need more and more of it yeah but there's more to it than that because our economy is so weighted towards london and the southeast in this country that it's a crime so if you look at other countries that are in the g7 so germany Germany spent tons of money in its reunification after the Berlin Wall came down. Obviously, Gorbachev died this week is why it's in my mind and, and why I bring it up. But they managed to level a country. 
So everything doesn't sit in Berlin. You know mm. what I'm saying? So sure. it's across the country. We don't have that, which is weird and harmful. And it's harmful because businesses then, how do you recruit the best people? Do you set up an office in London? Do you say, oh, we'll just work from London, but it costs way more to live in London. So you pay them more. But hang on, your employees that exist here, why are we getting paid that? So there's all sorts of problems. So we've got to level it. We've got to rebalance it and we've got to unlock this economy. And there are things that have worked against us. So obviously this is a debate that's been raging for a long time. I'm furious about it, but Northern Powerhouse Rail. So that east-west connectivity, the decision to not do that, insane. And Crossrail 3 opens at billions and billions and it's just so wrong and the, the evidence is everywhere. And it's not just Bradford and Leeds that suffer. Manchester Andy Burnham have got a good ambassador there who flies that flag and shouts for it and promotes it. You see it in Newcastle, you see it in Liverpool, but you see it everywhere in the north. The great north cities are the powerhouse and hence the term northern powerhouse. Now, we have to have better connectivity, of course, but also... We've got to have those right skills. We've got to, and we can do it. And we definitely can do it. I know that. And Bradford is the youngest city in the UK. So it has got a future labor force, fit for the future, or it, or it should be with the right skills in place. Now, when I go into schools, so in three years I've worked with just over 17,000 students in Bradford. So that roughly 100,000 students have barely scratched the surface. But when I go into schools, it's really sad sometimes because I always ask students what they want to do. So the most aspirational students, you hear lawyer, accountant, and doctor. And those are the, those are the real aspirational ones. Fine. But then I hear, I get the footballer, you know, stuff like that. I hear more and more, drug dealer. So why do you want to become a drug dealer? Well, the drug dealer on my street's got the best watches, best cars, loads of money, nice clothes. You know, he's never been, no place ever come. And it's like, whoa, when you see it through those eyes and that attractiveness for them, what are we going to become? You know, we... We're at a real, real crossroads here, I think. And it's been this way for some time. Austerity has been brutal to the north. Absolutely brutal. Yes, Leeds and Manchester have done exceptionally well in difficult circumstances and from good investment. But Bradford hasn't. And there's no denying that. You go around Bradford, you can see it. And that's why NPR was so important, that train station. That would have done a lot. Um, and Keithley is another place within Bradford that also has suffered greatly and it it's out of poor decisions and vested interest towards a, a London southeast economic model well them days are over and we are committed to fixing that and things like the satellite although it might sound really great and really impressive and, and whatever else it's for a purpose. It's for a real strong purpose. And that purpose is that as this new age of space exploration comes into being, so going to Mars and 
and the moon and everything else the investment is ready now the investors are ready now the infrastructure is ready now the process is ready now so i'm sure this day will come but right now it's kind of you get your license you can do what you want as long as you stick to the rules of that license now we all we have to do in the space sector really is observe the laws of physics the natural laws in society you've got me going now in society we see contradictions so sewage right so you can dump sewage water companies can dump sewage into the sea no problem make record profits share them around no problem take your dog to a beach your dog goes to the toilet on the beach thousand pound fine you know there's contradictions that we have in society and we don't have those in the space sector yet i think it might get there i hope it doesn't I hope it doesn't but right now is if you've got the the skills the money because it, it isn't cheap the money and and the vision you can be part of that sector and you can enter that risk as long as you stick to the laws of physics so as representation for policy to make sure that we do the right things and we're particularly around the environmental things because we don't want to just turn space into a big tip mm. um space of yorkshire has been born which is a really really great organization that worked tirelessly and super hard so mandy ridyard um, who runs a manufacturing business in bradford project max great company is is chair of space of yorkshire mandy's also my mentor really i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her um we can see now we've got a direct route to the uk space agency and the european space agency and the government we've got a direct route to all the universities in yorkshire through yorkshire universities their group that, that represents them and all the businesses that sit around it so in yorkshire there are loads of companies that are in the space sector so that might be in data, it might be in manufacturing, it might be in engineering, it might be in radio frequency, RF, which is a big thing in Solterra and our, our sort of part of the world. So there's there's a lot there. And now it's becoming more cohesive and we're coming together more. And that movement, aligned with our project and other projects, is starting to make people realise and notice and see it. The University of Bradford's got a new space school um, within its faculty and that again is then providing that those high that high education and providing that interest to get students and researchers from abroad or elsewhere in the country into Bradford so that brain power is coming in so Bradford at the moment is on the one hand it's on a crossroads with its deprivation its social issues and its access to health particularly so you you know they're born in Bradford research we know that if you from a part of Bradford, a certain part of Bradford that's close to city centre, your life expectancy is ten years less than some of the rural, more affluent areas. Until we've got to address all that. So in one sense, there's all that. In in another way, all this new stuff around space and tech is coming in. Now those two areas are going to mix, and that mixing pot, for me. Bradford 2025 is a great opportunity. 
Well, I was just about to ask you that because, because um, as many people will appreciate, it does sound like we're coming or we're through a period of tough times for, for, for the city of Bradford in particular. But the city of culture uh, winning that, mm-hmm. as it were, has a real prospect of improving things, doesn't it? How, how do you see that playing out? Because, I mean, you're talking about, anybody listening to this will probably be pleasantly surprised to hear all the things you've just said. You've just talked about um, the satellite project, the, the, the uh, Bradford Manufacturing, Bradford Tech Week, Science Festival, Bradford Skills Month, Space Hub Yorkshire, you know. So, so all of those things to me sound positive. And the City of Culture 2025, we've got Bradford Live opening probably in the next 12 months, again, the live music venue. So where are your thoughts on, where's your optimism levels at this moment in time? Really high. Because opportunities like this haven't come to Bradford often enough. And I think Bradford, as a district, so yes, it's the city of culture, is the title, but Bradford's unique because it's got the towns and the villages that make it up. They're all included. So as a whole place, as a district, Bradford has got a chance to really showcase itself, so that marketing piece that has been lacking. So like Leeds and Manchester are really good at that. Um, so that marketing piece that has been lacking, it's got an opportunity to vastly boost that, um, and that's something that's got to be taken. But where I see the big, the big opportunities, where this new wave of tech and exploration and innovation is, and where the current deprivation levels are as they mix it here there's an opportunity now for people to be free and creative under the brand and banner of bradford bradford 2025 now we're gonna put artwork on our satellite so students who maybe are technical or interested in technical stuff um can create images that we can shrink down digitally to dots i guess um, and we could have loads of those. In fact, we could make a collage of dots. That's another piece of artwork in itself. You know, you can go on and on and on and on and on. So everybody can be involved in it. Now, that accessibility is huge. With a spotlight on it, so Coventry was the last um, capital of culture. I feel bad for them because it was obviously when everything was closed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, great for them. They did a lot of stuff online. Bad for them that they didn't get the opportunity to get the visitors in. We, hopefully, will have that opportunity, barring any pandemic or disasters, mm-hmm. um, where people can come and see Bradford and have an, an awakening experience. You're right in what you say there with Bradford 2025, and that venue will be brilliant. It's, it, it, it's got to be because it's... It, well, I've seen it, I know it will be, but it's got to be because it's having a lot of investment and it's... It's run by good people who know what they're doing. But we've got other established assets as well. You know, you've got things like Keithleyworth Valley Railway, the steam train, where they've just finished filming the railway remake children. of yeah, the remake of the Railway Children. You've got the Bronte Parsonage Museum. You know, Withering Heights by Emily Bronte is arguably the greatest piece of literature society is culture the world has ever seen. You've got the Science Museum, you've got Salterra, UNESCO, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So we've got a lot of established stuff, not just new stuff. Now, 
in order for people to experience that, not just Bradfordians, but also people from outside, as they come in and get that opportunity to experience that, that'll give that boost. But it, for me, it's where we mix, where we mix all this stuff and where people on the ground. So in my case, what I'm focused on is the primary, secondary education, further education, higher education, where those people can get involved and those people can showcase their stuff, showcase Bradford under that banner. But it's open to everyone. So there are lots of, so there's a strong social enterprise community in Bradford. Um, and there's a lot around mental health because the need is there and the need is there for more of that. But those social enterprises can get involved with it and their uh, people they work with can get involved in it. You know, there's a lot of social, there's a lot of food banks. And, and, do you, and do you think people know enough yet about Bradford 2025 or do you think it's, this is just going to gather momentum now? Do you mean people in Bradford? Or yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I was immediately going to say yes then. But the truth is, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's certainly been well covered in things like the local newspaper, mm-hmm. Telegraph and Argus, Keith and News, the Gazette. They've done a really good job of it, both in print and online. Um, and their audiences will know about it. But it would be an interesting survey to run there, maybe, if you mm-hmm. just ask people randomly, do you... Do you know about it? What is it? I'd like to think they do. I'm sure that as the team now uh, are appointed and recruited, so we know we've got the creative director, the executive director, so that leadership is starting to come in. And as they then recruit the marketeers, the PR people, the comms people, the business development people, all that stuff, we'll get more and more and more. Um, But for sure, the time is now, and it's certainly... For me, I want to see, and I will, you know, be the ambassador for this, and there will be many others that will be as well. But going into the schools and making sure they know about it, they've got access to it, they're involved in it. So we can't we can't let this slip. Uh, that's unacceptable. How you measure the success of it, though, the economists will probably measure it on what the boost is uh, in terms of spending and in Bradford's economy, and that's one way to do it. I'm more longer term than that short termism really. I get why you, you need to do it that way, but I'll be looking at it more long term. I won't judge its success or failure on the pure numbers. For me, it's about what do we see? Do we see more people in that STEM or STEAM? So science, technology, art, engineering, uh, mathematics, uh, in that working in those areas and with those skills, that's a win. That, that is absolutely a win, um, purely because we know where everything, where we're heading and how work is going to be. So, Tim, in a very short period of time, we've belted through uh, a wide range of subjects there, starting with the satellite, uh, touch on social enterprise, talk about all those things I've just said, the Bradford Manufacturing Week, the uh, Bradford Technology, Science Festival, Bradford Skills Month, etc., if anybody listens to this and wants a bit more information from you, how do they get hold of you? Yeah, well, futuretransformation.org is the website, and there's all sorts of contact us buttons on that that you can press. Um, there's all the social media platforms you'd expect, so you search social, uh, Future Transformation on social media for them. Our logo is a triceratops, so you can't miss it. 
Noticed it. Yeah. Um, so if you see that Triceratops logo and the words Future Transformation, good chance it's us. Um, and you can do that. But also, you know, I, I am accessible. I'm around. And um, stop to me, talk to me. Email in at info at, trans, at futuretransformation.org. Um, and we'll pick that up and we'll come back to people because what we want to see is, or what, we want to hear more voices. So we want to reflect the place where we are and the outputs that we generate, whether it's through future satellite launches. So we're committed to this one in terms of its environmental stuff. So the gases and temperatures of our planet. But in future satellite launches, if there's other things that people want data on that we can do, because you can get data on anything from space, um, then we can work towards that. But also the 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 day-to-day outreach and innovation programs that we do inside the schools, the further education, higher education. If there's stuff people want to see with that, let us know. And if there's stuff then that, you know, maybe you're part of a group um, or you just want more, more information and, and opportunity to do programs yourself, just email it in, info at futuretransformation.org and we'll get back to you. Great stuff. Tim, thanks for your time today. Um, hopefully that gives you, uh, who are listening, a bit more information about the, the project to get the satellite up. With that, Tim, good luck. Uh, I hope that all pans out and that would be lovely if that hits space in 2025. So, it, we, no, we, it will, we're committed to it. It will do. It is going to happen. Um, it is going to happen. So are you, are you going to finish off with watch this space? Are you going to say that? I wanted to, but point? I didn't know if it would be, no, if it would be the right thing. No, it won't be right. Okay. It won't be right. That. Okay. So Tim, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but honestly, I, when, when Tim first mentioned the satellite product to me, I almost fell off my chair. Uh, but actually, listening to him, you realise it's not impossible. The 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 almost the universe is opening up. The, the next stage of colonisation of space is is going to happen at some point. It may not be all in our lifetimes, but uh, I suppose it's natural progression, uh, as predicted by Star Trek many years ago. So uh, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Any feedback, really appreciated. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye.